Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of Her Life Re-Energized. I'm so glad that you've decided to join me again today. And today we're going to be discussing something really interesting. We're going to be talking about how to listen to your body. Now you might be thinking, I've heard this so many times, you know, it comes up in self-help, it comes up in all these different areas of life. And you might be thinking, it ne- you never, I never get anything concrete out of this. I never get anything practical or tactical. And it just kind of feels like a bit up in the air and a bit woo-woo and a bit like, eh. Or you might be coming from the other side of the coin where you're like, all I ever do is listen to my body when it's complaining and groaning and grumbling and I'm sick of it. Why would I want to listen to it anymore? So in today's episode... I recommend you both tune in regardless of what side of the coin you're on because it is so important to learn how to listen to your body, what the benefits of listening to your body are, and exactly what you should do with that information. So don't in today's podcast episode, don't worry, we cover everything you need to do from listening to why you're listening to what you should be tracking and what to do. So get ready to get your spark back. It's time for another episode. Welcome back to Her Life Re-Energized. Hi, I'm Tia, exercise physiologist and wellness specialist. Is it time to say goodbye to constantly being exhausted and watching life fly by without you? Then this podcast is for you. Twice a week, I bring you simple, practical and actionable tips to reclaim your energy and life. Get ready to flourish in the life and purpose God has for you. Come, it's time to get your spark back. Alrighty, let's dive in. To start off with, I think it's always good, a good place to start. So what do we mean by listen to your body? Well, it means to be aware and understanding of the signs and information that your body is trying to, is giving you or trying to tell you. So, you know, we can it can be concrete things like, you know, your heart rate or stuff like that, like very concrete, or we'd call them objective things. Or it could be more subjective things like um, how tired you are, your energy levels, that side of things. So that's what we mean when we say listen to your body. It's simply being aware and understanding of what your body is trying to tell you. The second thing is why do we care? What is the benefit of listening to our body? Well, there are so many benefits. Um, To name a few, it helps you manage your energy levels. It helps you adjust your lifestyle. It helps you know your triggers. It helps helps you to be intentional with what you're doing and eating and sleeping and all of the things. It helps you know what to do with your life. It gives you direction and my personally from my work experience it also helps you to know how to exercise best you might be thinking that's a really long list of things and how can something as simple 
as listening to your body be able to track any of those things? Well, it's very simple. It depends on A, what you track, and B, what you do with the information that you track. So, so we'll, well, let's dive in. before We'll go back to some of the benefits and how we can use this information, but let's dive straight into how we track it. Well, as I, as I touched on earlier, there are a few options. We can track physical measures like heart rate, sleep length, reps, sets, um, how long you're on a piece of exercise equipment or how long you're able to do an activity, um, the speed or intensity that you're able to do an activity at. And they're like very concrete things. We can get a number. So, you know, your heart rate might go up to 120 beats per minute. Or you might have slept for seven hours last night. Or, you know, you could do 10 reps of that particular weight or sit on the cross trainer for five minutes at that speed. It, they're very tactical things. Um, it's very easy to see improvements or changes because they're very concrete. Um, the next thing that you can track is subjective things. That these are things like tiredness, energy levels, enthusiasm, mood. Also can be things like RPE, which stands for rate of perceived exertion. So the rate of perceived exertion is how hard something feels. We often use this a lot in measuring exercise because how hard something might feel to one person is very different to how hard it might feel to someone else. And it gives you a great thing to track from day to day and week to week. You know, if a particular exercise at a certain weight was only an RPE of, you know, two, and now it's an RPE of five, you know that it's gotten substantially harder <laughs> over the last week. So there might be something's changed or going on there. Um, and then the last one, which kind of fits under some subjective, but I personally think it's important to track these as well, um, would be things like brain clarity or brain fog, so lack of brain clarity, mental energy, and like general physical energy levels such as exhaustion or energy. I think these are very important to track when you're trying to improve your energy levels because it gives you something to work off. It gives you a baseline and it gives you, it helps you know if you're having a better day or a worse day. So how do you track these things? Well, for the concrete things, so the physical measures like heart rate, reps, speed, length, etc., I recommend writing them down. Quite frankly, I recommend writing all of these down. Um, but it's so easy to forget particular numbers, particularly because numbers don't often have emotions tied to them, and it's a lot easier to remember something that has an emotion tied to it. So that's what I'd recommend. I do acknowledge that it's hard to write things down, particularly if you're tired. I know that I'm shocking at it. Yeah, how I feel day to day, I do not write that down very well. I should do, but hey, you win some, you lose some. But I would say tracking these measures helps you know your triggers. It helps you know what makes you feel good and makes you and what feels bad. And that's probably one of the most helpful things you can give yourself when you're trying to get more energy. You know, it's so helpful to know that I need six hours sleep or I need 10 hours sleep to feel good the next day or you know, for me, I know with exercise, 
I cannot do high intensity exercise. It is has terrible consequences for me, including passing out, all sorts of neurological crap. It's really bad. So I don't do it. I go back to I went back to the drawing board and I completely rewrote my entire exercise program because it's not good. You don't want that. Yeah, you don't want to be doing things that are detrimental to your body, makes you feel terrible, or even worse, puts you in bed for the next couple of days. Like that's a big no-no. You don't want that. So knowing what makes you feel good, what gives you energy, and what makes you feel terrible are vitally important to helping you in your journey of getting more energy. So now that we know what we're tracking, how do we track it? Well, what do we do with it? Sorry, we know how how we're tracking it, but what do we do with it? Well, I like to look at how how I felt before and after things. So have a think, you know, how did I feel before I went to the gym? How did I feel after I came back from the gym? How did I feel the next day? Um, And, you know, that could be for the gym, it could be for work, it could be for housework, it could be for so many different things. It's not really about the activity. It's about keeping track of what, how, how your body and how you interact with all the different elements of your life. And if it feels a bit intimidating, don't stress. You don't have to track every single thing all at once. Quite frankly, I don't think that would be good. I think that would be a disaster waiting to happen because you'd have so much data and so much information that your brain would probably explode. But what I would recommend is picking some of the things that really are having an impact on you. So pick, say, your biggest thing, if that's sleep or if that's a gym or and you want it to tie into your goals. So if your goal is to sleep better, well, tracking your sleep when you go to sleep and when you wake up and how well you slept would be a great option. Whereas if you're trying to get more active, you know, you might want to track how many times you've done your exercises, how much exercise you did, and how you felt before and after. Just like that. So pick one thing to start with and then improve and grow on it as you go. One thing we're looking for in this is we want to look for if something continuously drains you. So you want to think about And you want to think about how you can reduce the pressure. So, for example, going back to my gym example, I figured out that high-intensity exercise was very draining on me and on on my body and all of the things that could put me in bed for like two or three days afterwards, which is not helpful. (laughs) Um, So I knew I had to deal with it, mix things up and change it. So I wanted to reduce the pressure on my body. The next thing is, the flip side of that, rather, is you want to, you know, if something is consistently feeling good and too easy, you know, you might want to think about, hey, this is going great. How can I move towards my goal? You know, you want to look at how can you work towards your goals? Is there an area that you can challenge yourself slightly more in? Is there something you can make slightly more difficult? Not that you, you want to walk that nice, happy medium between not being detrimental towards your body and loving your body and nurturing your body and working towards your goals. You want to work towards your goals and so that you can hopefully, at the end of the day, create a life that you love that's full of energy and freedom and enthusiasm to do the things that you want to do, whether that's, you know, going to the gym more, 
sleeping better, you know, catching up with friends, being able to study or go to that party or whatever it looks like for you personally, you know, these are the goals and you've got to remember why you're doing it and what you're doing it for. And then find a nice happy medium. My favorite thing to do and one of my biggest tips is to find a nice happy medium and work with it because that is the best place to start. If you go too hard and you burn yourself out, that's not good. Believe me, been there, done that, don't recommend. But then also sitting back and cruising isn't going to get you where you want to go either. So find yourself a nice happy medium and go for it. You can do it. And if you have any more questions, please come over to the Facebook group and let me know. I would love to help and answer any of these questions. I hope that made sense for you. If it didn't, please let me know. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.